Chapter 32, The 1863 Health Reform Vision. Pointed questions answered. Question on the vision. Did you receive your views upon health reform before visiting the Health Institute at Dansville, New York, or before you had read works on the subject? Editor's note, the most prominent of medical institutions in the United States featuring reforms in diet and in the treatment of the sick was at this time operated by Dr. James C. Jackson at Dansville, New York. Answer, it was at the house of Brother A. Hilliard at Otsego, Michigan, June 6, 1863, that the great subject of health reform was open before me in vision. I did not visit Dansville till August 1864, 14 months after I had the view. I did not read any works upon health until I had written Spiritual Gifts, Volumes 3 and 4, Appeal to Mothers, and had sketched out most of my six articles in the six numbers of How to Live. I did not know that such a paper existed as The Laws of Life, published at Dansville, New York. I had not heard of the several works upon health written by Dr. J.C. Jackson and other publications at Dansville at the time I had the view named above. I did not know that such works existed until September 1863, when in Boston, Massachusetts, my husband saw them advertised in a periodical called The Voice of the Prophets, published by Elder J.V. Hines. My husband ordered the works from Dansville and received them at Topsham, Maine. His business gave him no time to peruse them, and as I determined not to read them until I had written out my views, the books remained in their wrappers. As I introduced the subject of health to friends where I labored in Michigan, New England, and in the state of New York, and spoke against drugs and flesh meats, and in favor of water, pure air, and a proper diet, the reply was often made, You speak very nearly the opinions taught in the laws of life and other publications by Drs. Trawl, Jackson, and others. Have you read that paper and those works? My reply was that I had not, neither should I read them till I had fully written out my views, lest it should be said that I had received my light upon the subject of health from physicians and not from the Lord. And after I had written my six articles for How to Live, I then searched the various works on hygiene and was surprised to find them so nearly in harmony with what the Lord had revealed to me. And to show this harmony, and to set before my brethren and sisters the subject as brought out by able writers, I determined to publish How to Live, in which I largely extracted from the works referred to. How the Dress Reform Was Revealed Note, for an informative presentation on the reform dress adopted in response to this vision and prevailing conditions which made such a change desirable, see Story of Our Health Message, pages 112 to 130. Question. Does not the practice of the sisters in wearing their dresses nine inches from the floor contradict testimony number 11, which says that they should reach somewhat below the top of a lady's gaiter boot? Answer. The proper distance from the bottom of the dress to the floor was not given to me in inches, but three companies of females passed before me with their dresses as follows with respect to length. The first were of fashionable length, burdening the limbs, impeding the step, 
and sweeping the street and gathering its filth, the evil results of which I have fully stated. This class, who were slaves to fashion, appeared feeble and languid. The dress of the second class, which passed before me, was in many respects as it should be. The limbs were well clad. They were free from the burdens which the tyrant fashion had imposed upon the first class, but had gone to that extreme in short dress as to disgust and prejudice good people and destroy in a great measure their own influence. This is the style and influence of the American costume taught and worn by many at our home, Dansville, New York. It does not reach to the knee. I need not say that this style of dress was shown me to be too short. A third class passed before me with cheerful countenances and free, elastic step. Their dress was the length I have described as proper, modest, and healthful. It cleared the filth of the street and sidewalk a few inches under all circumstances, such as ascending and descending steps, etc. As I have before stated, the length was not given me in inches. Relation of the Vision to Writing and Practice And here I would state that although I am as dependent upon the Spirit of God in writing my views as I am in receiving them, yet the words I employ in describing what I have seen are my own, unless they be those spoken to me by an angel, which I always enclose in marks of quotation. As I wrote upon the subject of dress, the view of those three companies revived in my mind as plain as when I was viewing them in vision. But I was left to describe the length of the proper dress in my own language as best I could, which I have done by stating that the bottom of the dress should reach near the top of a lady's boot, which would be necessary in order to clear the filth of the street under the circumstances before named. I put on the dress in length as near as I had seen and described as I could judge. My sisters in northern Michigan also adopted it. And when the subject of inches came up in order to secure uniformity as to the length everywhere, a rule was brought and it was found that the length of our dresses ranged from eight to ten inches from the floor. Some of these were a little longer than the sample shown me, while others were a little shorter. The Review and Herald, October 8, 1867. Health Writings on June 6, the day of the vision. Note, see Testimonies, Volume 3, page 13, for a portion of this. I saw that now we should take special care of the health God has given us, for our work was not yet done. Our testimony must yet be born and would have influence. I saw that I had spent too much time and strength in sowing and waiting upon and entertaining company. I saw that the home cares should be thrown off. The preparing of garments is a snare. Others can do that. God has not given me strength for such labor. We should preserve our strength to labor in His cause and bear our testimony when it is needed. I saw that we should be careful of our strength and not take upon ourselves burdens that others can and should bear. I saw that we should encourage a cheerful, hopeful, peaceful frame of mind, for our health depends upon our doing this. I saw that it was duty for everyone to have a care for his health, but especially should we turn our attention to our health and take time to devote to our health that we may in a degree recover from the effects of overdoing and overtaxing the mind.
The work God requires of us will not shut us away from caring for our health. The more perfect our health, the more perfect will be our labor. To observe and teach health reform principles. I saw that when we tax our strength, over labor and weary ourselves much, then we take colds and at such times are in danger of diseases taking a dangerous form. We must not leave the care of ourselves for God to see to and to take care of that which he has left for us to watch and care for. It is not safe nor pleasing to God to violate the laws of health and then ask him to take care of our health and keep us from disease when we are living directly contrary to our prayers. I saw that it was a sacred duty to attend to our health and arouse others to their duty, and yet not take the burden of their case upon us. Yet we have a duty to speak, to come out against intemperance of every kind, intemperance in working, in eating, in drinking, and in drugging, and then point them to God's great medicine, water, pure, soft water, for diseases, for health, for cleanliness, and for a luxury. A cheerful, grateful attitude. I saw that my husband should not suffer his mind to dwell upon the wrong side, the dark, gloomy side. He should put from him saddening thoughts and saddening subjects, and be cheerful, happy, grateful, and should have a firm reliance upon God and an unshaken confidence and trust in Him. His health will be much better if he can control his mind. I saw that of all others, my husband should have all the rest he can get on Sabbath when not preaching. I saw that we should not be silent upon the subject of health, but should wake up minds to the subject. Manuscript 1, 1863. A review in 1867 of the writing on health reform. Diseased minds have a diseased, sickly experience, while a healthy, pure, sound mind with the intellectual faculties unclouded, will have a sound experience which will be of inestimable worth. The happiness attending a life of well-doing will be a daily reward and will of itself be health and joy. I was astonished at the things shown me in vision. Many things came directly across my own ideas. The matter was upon my mind continually, I talked it to all with whom I had opportunity to converse. My first writing of the vision was the substance of the matter contained in Spiritual Gifts, Volume 4, and in my six articles in How to Live, headed, Disease and Its Causes. We were unexpectedly called to visit Allegan to attend a funeral on June 23, 1863, and then soon left for our Eastern journey on August 19 intending to finish my book upon the journey. As we visited the churches, things which had been shown me in relation to existing wrongs required nearly all my time out of meeting in writing out the matter for them. Before I returned home from the East, I had written out about 500 pages for individuals and for churches. After we returned from the East, December 21, 1863, I commenced to write Spiritual Gifts, Volume 3, expecting to have a book of a size to bind in with the testimonies which help compose Spiritual Gifts, Volume 4. As I wrote, the matter opened before me and I saw it was impossible to get all I had to write in as few pages as I first designed. 
The matter opened, and volume three was full. Then I commenced on volume four. But before I had my work finished, while preparing the health matter for the printers, I was called to go to Monterey. Note, volume four continued the Old Testament history from the building of the sanctuary to Solomon, 119 pages, followed by a 40-page chapter entitled Health, and then selections from the testimonies being a reprint of a major portion of Numbers 1 to 10 in all 160 pages. We went to Monterey and could not finish the work there as soon as we expected. I was obliged to return to finish the matter for the printers, and we left an appointment for the next week. These two journeys in hot weather were too much for my strength. I had written almost constantly for above one year, I generally commenced writing at seven in the morning and continued until seven at night, and then left writing to read proof sheets. My mind had been too severely taxed, and for three weeks I had not been able to sleep more than two hours in the night. My head ached constantly. I therefore crowded into volume four the most essential points in the vision in regard to health, intending to get out another testimony in which I could more freely speak upon the happiness and miseries of married life. With this consideration, I closed up Volume 4, August 23, 1864, that it might be scattered among the people. I reserved some important matter in regard to health, which I had not strength or time to prepare for that volume, and get it out in season for our 1864 Eastern journey written independent of books or opinions of others. That which I have written in regard to health was not taken from books or papers. As I related to others the things which I had been shown, the question was asked, Have you seen the paper The Laws of Life or the Water Cure Journal? I told them, No, I had not seen either of the papers. Said they, What you have seen agrees very much with much of their teachings. I talked freely with Dr. Lay and many others upon the things which had been shown me in reference to health. I had never seen a paper treating upon health. After the vision was given me, my husband was aroused upon the health questions. He obtained books upon our Eastern journey, but I would not read them. My view was clear, and I did not want to read anything until I had fully completed my books. My views were written independent of books or of the opinions of others. Manuscript 7, 1867.